from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. It's your host here, Carrie Denise, and I'm once again, two weeks in a row, with my good friend, Mike Walsh. It is two weeks in a row. Two weeks using the good mics. I'm, yeah, I'm so happy yeah. we're, we're together and you're... What is this room called again? We're back in, we're back in the St. Joseph's room. The St. Joseph's room. In the room. year of St. Joseph. Ooh, that's so even it's nice. Last Kurt. week in Marion Hall talking about Mary. This week, St. Joseph's, Joseph's room. St. Joseph's Hall talking about Lent. Our whole podcast today is going to be about Lent. I know, it's exciting. Yeah, it is, actually. I always enjoy, we always do an Advent uh, podcast and we always do a Lenten podcast. I feel like we might be missing other seasons, but we definitely do we'll those We'll do too. an ordinary time. We don't really, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we don't really do a, uh, we don't really do a Christmas one. Maybe we'll have to do a Christmas one next time. That would be good. Yeah. And we could do an Easter season one this year, too. We could do an Easter nice. season. Oh, you it'll know be what? different, because last year there was like, it was, it so, was sad. so sad. Oh, that was so sad. Let, actually, let, I, this makes me more pumped for Lent this year more than ever because of like because it's a year later and everything was different last year. Yeah. Well, it's just really, I'm really excited for it. And it feels like we're inching closer to no- normalcy. In some ways. Inching. I said <laughs> yeah. inching. It's a, it's and, a and, Yes, we are. We're, well, you know what? we're closer than we were last Lent. I, because of the job, I have to keep an eye on, you know, the infection numbers and hospitalization mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. and stuff all around the area. And uh, the, it, it, there are, I mean, it is now a noticeable drop be, between, you know, people being careful and the fact that everybody said it was going to be terrible around the holidays. And sure enough, it was terrible mm-hmm. around the holidays. And anybody who's about to, including our Vicar General, who's going to slap me right now for having said the holidays, I include Thanksgiving in that. I do not refer to go. Christmas as the holidays. I, I agree with that statement. <laughs> yes, but I, I include November. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we saw that we knew there was going to be a rise around that time. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it's starting to bottom out now. And I think that's because of vaccinations and people being careful. And there's not as much reasons for people to get together again. So so hopefully it's that pattern will pray. continue. Yeah. yeah, Our bishop has been vaccinated and the vicar general has been vic- vaccinated and the chancellor has been vaccinated. And, <laughs> and there are lots of people getting vaccinated. And I can't wait till they jab me in the arm with a vaccine. Go for it. I am going to travel everywhere. I'm going to go to so many restaurants. I'm going to make it to every open bar I can find. I, I am never going to take advantage. I, I'm, I said this at the beginning of the, all the closures that um, I will never take for granted ever again all the good things I had beforehand where this I wasn't, wasn't hanging out. Like, I will never say no ever again to someone inviting me out. I know. I'm I know. going to say I've, yes I've to everything. I've pondered and thought about that a lot. And, yeah. and honestly, as things came back and continue to come back, I I continue to be so, so thankful. We are just preparing for our retreat at the end of this month, our high school retreat. And so much has changed since last year. Now, last year, it was the end of February. So yeah. it was right on the, right before, like two weeks before everything happened. Yeah. And... We look back and I'm like, that was the that was the like one of the last good things that happened, and then everything shut down. And now we're preparing this year, and I'm like, wow, so much has changed. But we're having it. I'm so thankful we're having it. Like, you know, it's a couple weeks away, but I'm continuing to pray that everything stays good and mm-hmm. safe, and lots of lots of lots of changes. But even lo- location changes of where we're having it for a bigger place. Well, I've seen your Instagram posts. Yeah, yeah, we're going hard <laughs> with them. But it's happening, and I'm so thankful. Like. This is my 13th year running a retreat, a weekend retreat, and never have I been thankful the way I am to have. To Just out of curiosity, it wasn't on the list of what we're going to talk about today, but um, what what are some of the changes that are... Well, the location's a big one, and yeah. then because of locations in Pennsylvania, they have to do COVID tests. So, of course, that wasn't even a thing last year, but yeah. they have to produce a negative COVID test 72 hours before. So the location change allows for, which is kind of exciting for the kids, their own bathroom in the room, because it used to be a communal bathroom, <laughs> so they don't have to sign up for showers, all this stuff. 
Um, assigned seating, that never was a thing. Now mm-hmm. it's a thing. Um, what else? Uh, temperature checks, you know, the normal COVID yeah. stuff, but to just, and then spacing out, wearing masks. Those are, you know, the normal changes that we know, but if we look back a year ago, we're not even a thing. Yeah, right. So those those are the big ones. I'll tell you this. You know, I, my wife and I were talking about this this weekend. I haven't been sick in a year. Which no, I, we were I, talking about this too in our household win, recently. Winter time, I would always get head colds and stuff uh-huh. like that. I haven't been, you know, knock on wood and thank God, I, uh, thank God, I I have not even. I don't think I've sneezed. I I, I agree. It's been kind of nice, and actually. I'm always cold, so like I love walking to the car with my mask on. I'm like, I'm wearing this all the time in the winter because it feels like so good oh, to keep my face warm. I, I'm with you. I'm there. You know, you know, anytime there's like a big change or a big instance like this, you know, there are usually changes that occur that end up having some permanency. Mm-hmm. I may be a permanent mask weather wearer, not because of ger- germs. I love the anonymity. No. I love the fact that I could just walk anywhere and nobody knows who I am. I hate I've that walked... I can't smile. So I many that. people know. You're the opposite. I have walked past so many people at Target and because I'm, you know me, I'm not a particularly friendly person. No. Um, but I can now go to stores and be able to walk right by someone without them recognizing me. And I. So once again, it's... you sound like my husband, and I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm trying to catch eyes, to trying to give an eye <laughs> smile, a little head nod, give them some joy in their day, and it kills me. Nope. <laughs> You're like embracing it. Yes. Yes. I'm so. I, and I apologize. Anyone, if that seems a bit rude, but I'm an introvert. It's difficult for me to have conversations with people out in public when I'm not prepared for them. <laughs> so, uh, but that all that being said, we are. Uh, this podcast is particularly about Lent, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. we brought in a semi-special guest. I mean, we probably could have done better, but we're okay with this guy. So but he's a regular now. So yeah, we'll I know. Keep him on. Not regular enough. We haven't actually had him on for quite a while. It's true. Yeah, I can't say I've missed them, but it's 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 oh, nice to have yeah. them here. So who's with us today? So we have one of my good friends, actually, Father Josh Nevitt. So hi, Father. Hey, it's good to be back on the podcast, Gary. I've been on your YouTube much more than than on that, Talking maybe Catholic. That's why I feel like you're a regular. Yeah. we're usually doing stuff together a lot. Yeah, you and know, then I, we did the whole quarantine show together, the Faith and Family Night. So exactly, did, I'm I, I'm seen on TV more than on radio, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's true. So just for listeners who don't know, uh, Carrie has her own YouTube channel, our YouTube show on the Talking Catholic channel called Youth Ministry Insights. And anytime she doesn't feel like talking the entire time, she brings on a guest. And many times, Smart. Father yeah. Father Josh Nevitt has been on as her, uh, her great guest, actually. and uh, But Father Josh, uh, just to talk about sort of where you're from, you work at both a school and a parish. Where do you uh, where are you serving right now? I am stationed in Absecon. It's I've been there two and a half years. Um, my first assignment there, uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish as the parochial vicar and Holy Spirit High School as the director of Catholic identity. Two and a half years already. Two and a half years I, I've been a like, priest. Wow, I had to think about that yeah. for a second. That- yeah, yeah. You're coming up on your three year. Yeah. So that means you might be going somewhere else. I don't know. Ask the bishop. Uh, that's all I can tell <laughs> don't you. Get I don't get too settled, right? <laughs> oh, that's exciting though. And I know the students over there love you. You teach religion class at sophomores and juniors. This I teach year? sophomores and juniors this yeah. year. Um, and we run. We we just got word the other day, Carrie. You were talking about your retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, with the governor changing his indoor gathering limit, we'll right. be able to have a Kairos retreat uh, by the end of this year. So that's so exciting. That's exciting. Oh, that's and wonderful. Yeah, so it's time it's to really start planning great for that. Students too. Yeah. And yeah. What, what's like just for the listeners? What's the Kairos retreat? Kairos retreat. It's it's a um, a four day retreat experience. is very popular in Catholic high schools across the country and has been since at least the eighties, probably before that. Um, 
the kids love it and, and a good way to describe it. I can't tell too much about it because there are quote unquote secrets that take place there mm-hmm. uh, that lose their impact if you know about them going in beforehand. Nothing bad though. Uh, but it's it's a experience that the students are able to go on and, and they come away with a deeper sense of God's love in their life um, as, as seen in concrete ways through their family and friends. Everybody mm-hmm. I know that's been on a, a Kairos retreat all have the exact same, yeah. that it's it's, tr- it's such a transformative experience. Yep. It really, it seems to heighten their level of spirituality. Yep. And n- being an old man, not invited to these things, uh, I have no idea what goes on, but man, it is but impressive. You can, you that can might chaperone. be a nice podcast in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the Kairos folks? Yeah, the Kairos be, folks. Get yeah, some sure. Kairos alumni. I was going to say you can chaperone my retreat if you want, because it's similar in some ways. Father and I... Actually, Father helps plan my high school retreat. Nah, I'm good. And then you can have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 nah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's worth a, a shot. You know, that being said, I mean, we've heard about it I, I, year after year. I've been on this podcast where people are imploring me to go on a retreat, and I have mm-hmm. still have yet to, to do it because I'm a horrible Catholic. Um, so, when's your retreat? Mine? Yeah. Oh, February 26th to 28th. Nah, I'm busy. They, uh, I, I think Mike would. Hate a youth retreat. I think we'll you we'll would. find one. You as soon as his spirituality, a, a silent retreat or something. That, yeah. You know, it's so funny. So one, uh, our, our the co-host of Talking Saints went on a silent retreat, uh, Lori Power, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was talking to me about it, and I went, "Oh my, that is the perfect there retreat for me. Yep, there it is. I should really consider that." Yeah. All right. But no. Anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> Maybe during Lent, which is what we're going to talk about today. You, There's you a lot to do. part of your Lenten. Lent is busy for thing. me. You know that. Advent I and Lent know, are the two busiest know, times of the year for me. Why is it busy? What's going on? What do you <laughs> have to do? <laughs> just, just, just jump just into this what and, you're doing. <laughs> just this and that. Well, actually, well, you know what? If you want to, I will. Um, well, here's the problem. Okay. Every time we have a priest that comes on, I get yelled at for talking too much because everybody <laughs> wants to hear the priest talk. So... We will come back later to yes. talk to me about stuff the diocese has planned. There it is. So instead, uh, Carrie, why don't you ask Father? And we're going to jump into Lent. Yeah, talk All about right. Lent. So, so Father, can you give us a little bit of background on Lent, where it comes from, why it's 40 days? Maybe just give us like a whole, just take over the mic and give us your whole Lenten lesson. All right. Um, yeah, so Lent, uh, and I guess many Catholics know this, but but just going into it, it's a preparation season for Easter. Easter really being the the crux. Uh, I'm using that word on purpose of the liturgical year. The crux meaning meaning the cross. It's the center point of the liturgical year. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead is why we're Christian. If he died on the cross and and stayed dead, no one would be Christian. Um, and so it's a preparation for that season. And and from the early church, it would be a time when people would turn away from their sin when they'd prepare themselves for the sacrament of reconciliation. They'd prepare themselves um, for baptisms, which take place at the Easter vigil. Over time, historically, you mentioned 40 days, Gary, it's it's become associated too with Jesus's fast for 40 days in the desert, which was his preparation before going out. In a way, Jesus took a, a 40 day long spiritual silent retreat in the desert. I'm looking at you, Mike. And, and he, he got himself ready. He was baptized. He went out in the desert for 40 days and then he came back. And that's the beginning of his his life, his ministry. And not his life, but his his ministry, his public ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wasn't he also tempted by the devil while I was out there? He was, yeah. Eh, I yeah. could probably handle that too. 
It happens all the time, right? I ignore it's everybody like, else. I'll ignore I mean, you know, if the devil's going to be in like your ordinary life tempting you, you he's might as well that's a silent retreat. retreat doing it. <laughs> Lisa, maybe he'll be quiet about it. <laughs> wow, we are dangerously close to sacrilege right now. Right. I know. <laughs> back to Lent. Back to Lent. So these forty, I have a question for these forty days. Um, I've explained it, and hopefully this is correct to the youth that the Sundays in Lent are actually technically not part of Lent because. They're like little feast days. Uh, so can you answer okay, that question? Okay, we are 12 minutes in and you are already asking a, a, an incredible red flag question. You know how many vicious so, debates there are oh, about there, this? Oh, there are. All right, so give us, I, your, give I us have, your priestly opinion on it. Then. I, I, I I've take, never heard it vicious. Oh, vicious. Really? I take oh, okay. an unpopular opinion on this. Okay. Um, because, you know, so you celebrate Ash Wednesday and then the Sunday after that, what's that called? First Sunday of Lent. Of Lent, right? right. Not of, Lent. of not Lent. It's the first Sunday of Lent, the second Sunday of Lent, the third Sunday of Lent. It, it's still the Lenten season. And that's why the priest is still wearing his violet vestments. We're not mm. singing the Gloria or the Alleluia during Lent. I think this comes out before Lent, so we can say Alleluia mm. now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still part of Lent and, and our liturgy for that Sunday focuses on that. Now, we are getting ready for Easter, and every Sunday is a miniature Easter, but we celebrate the resurrection, you know, in that. Uh, That's a beautiful thing for us as Christians, um, because we know that Jesus rose from the dead. So even... You know, even on Good Friday, Jesus is still risen. Like, we we have the ending of the book. We we know the the final victory. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Lent, in a way, is really... It's... It's not that, you know, oh, Jesus is dead every day until Sunday, or I have to turn away from sin every day but Sunday, but it's incorporating really the fullness of of the resurrection, which demands of me to turn away from sin, and I do that even on Sunday. Um, now, I think, Carrie, you're, as you're looking at me here, you're wanting me to say that you can eat your chocolate on Sunday and stuff, and, and maybe in moderation, I'd say. Um, yeah. The way I always explain it is like yeah. if you're observing the Sunday feast that you're going to mass and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then after you've attended mass, then you can remove. Yeah, it's from and that, and that might be a, a good little celebration mm-hmm. on the way. Um, I think certain things that someone might give up, you don't want to do on Sunday because right. if you're trying to do something in yeah. particular or build a good habit, but if it's you know I'm gonna have and like you're not gonna, you know. I, I hate using the example of giving up chocolate for Lent because no one should like give up chocolate for Lent. It's it's a let's go a little. Deeper. I don't want to say it's dumb, but we should let's do more than deeper, that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll be I'll be clipping this out and sending it to my wife. Thank you very much. <laughs> that and Diet Coke, she gives up both, and I'm like, what? It just makes but me. It just just makes so me, okay. me miserable. It's for, okay, right? But it's it's like you can do more. Um, so if someone gives up chocolate for Lent, though. You're not going to on Sunday binge on chocolate, no, right? Because God wants way, Easter yes. to be Easter, but yeah. maybe like a little, what the little a bite-sized Hershey bars or something. Yeah. Or we need it. Yeah. You know what's peculiar? I don't think I ever heard this this loophole until I actually came to work for the diocese. I, I it's I had always assumed that Lent was part of. But if you add up the Easter. numbers, at mathematically, I'm terrible at math. Well, I never so, even so here's the thing: because that. Lent, and it's a forty days of Lent, but Lent. Has, you know, we, we don't do things like even in the church, you have four right. weeks of Advent, but if Christmas is on a Monday, you have three weeks of Advent and one, one Sunday, and, yeah. and then that's it. Um, hmm. So so we say the 40 days of Lent. Loosely. Loosely. <laughs> okay. Loosely. Um, 
No, that makes sense. And you know what? Honestly, Lent is really about what is good for your soul, what is going to draw you closer to the Lord, deeper in your faith and during this time. And then hopefully, as you mentioned, those good habits even stay with you then beyond the 40-ish, exactly. 40-ish days. Beyond Easter. Beyond, beyond Easter, Easter, yes. Yeah. And, and th- for the rest of your life, too. Mm-hmm. I also encourage, too, like, and, and maybe you can comment a little more of this, Father, but like giving up something and doing something Well, so spiritual. that was that was going to be my question, that since you were, you know, hammering the, the sort of secularized things to, to give up for Lent. It's not I mean, a what, diet. What is, yeah, I agree. I, the Lenten diet I've never been a proponent of, mostly because I'm guaranteed to, I fail at all diets. Why would I not fail at that diet? Um, so what is an appropriate sacrifice for Lent? Wow. Um all right, well, I think you've got three things, and it's the three things we hear on the gospel on Ash Wednesday, the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, mm-hmm. So I I heard a homily when I was in college seminary about this, and I've used it multiple times. It's just amazing. Uh, the priest said, think back to Adam and Eve and original sin. He said original sin had three effects. It affected Adam and Eve's relationship with God. They They sinned against God. They were cut off from God. It affected their relationship within themselves. I mean, death enters the world because of that. All of these problems, even this kind of division in me, uh, anxiety and, and feeling divided and all that, that's that enters the world because of original sin. And then it affected their relationship with each other. Um, right after that, in, in the Bible, you have the story of Cain and Abel, of, um, of the first, you know, the first killing in the Bible. So he points out prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer restores our relationship with God. It fixes our relationship with God. Fasting, when I can give up something, restores my relationship with myself. And then almsgiving, giving money to the poor, um, that restores my relationship with others. It, it creates generosity. So in a way, these three, three practices we do start to take away the effects of original sin. Um, and so I think, you know, for every person, they really need to look at, at their own life, right? Some people might need to give alms more and, and you know, maybe they're not going to focus as that's That's really their prayer for this season of Lent. Some people might pray more and they might take on added prayer. Other people really do need to give stuff up um, as, a, as a way to to do that. So I think for with everyone, it's, it's different. Um, I like to say, if, if you think even to like... Um, What's that book about the habits for for highly effective people? Mm-hmm. And one is begin with the end in mind, right? If you're thinking you want a really good Lent, think about where you want to be on Easter Sunday, because Good Friday leads to Easter Sunday. So so figure out where you want to be, and then give up um, what you need to give up and add what you need to add to get there. So maybe you say, you know, Easter Sunday is about life for me to be fully alive, to be fully with God. Like I don't pray, I don't pray, period, sometimes, or, or maybe it's I don't pray enough, or my prayers are all over the place. Some days I pray, some days I don't pray. So you say, okay, for me, I, I want Easter to, to start the beginning, Carrie, you said something, you know, continuing on mm-hmm. to be the beginning of, of a deeper prayer life. So, okay, what are those things that keep me from praying? Maybe it's like social media, right? Maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's Netflix. <laughs> Let me give that up then, and then add in something on top of that, so that, okay, I don't have to go after Easter where I never watch Netflix again, but I, I've built that habit um, to to pray on a regular basis instead of watching Netflix. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, science says it takes 21 days to build a habit, I think, last I heard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and lend six weeks. So you could really so do kind of two it. blocks of that, or you could really get it like nice and, and good in your life for them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so this the holy season of Lent begins with one one day called Ash Wednesday, right? This holy season of Lent. Yes, and Ash Wednesday, Carrie. Ash Wednesday. I know you're very much <laughs> looking forward to the new rubrics regarding the distribution of ashes on wait. Ash Wednesday. I can't wait. So, uh, so Father, I don't know if I'm going to go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> I, Father, Although it, it's it, interesting, it's not a holy day of obligation. I tell that it's to not. people. It's very interesting. Here's the reason why. And this goes into all denominations, but Catholics are not immune to this. People like getting stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. And you get free ashes on Ash Wednesday. But yes, not even. Although every other Sunday they get God for free. And also. Jesus. And the Eucharist. That's but a good that's, point, actually. Something okay. unique for free, I guess. Um, <laughs> I Jesus is not unique. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. You're different, right. We are towing the, the line of sacrilege. Different than the norm. The, um, so anyway, at this Ash Wednesday is going to be a little unique if our yes. listeners haven't heard because, and this is worldwide, really, um, because of the nature of COVID and interaction and getting close to people's faces. Um, The Vatican's guidance has been that uh, we need to adopt the Roman and Vatican City style of distribution of ashes, which is just a little sprinkling on your head. The, you, the priest will, will dip his hands into the ashes, and and actually uh, it'll be one mass uh, one mass blessing prior mm-hmm. to prior to the distribution of ashes. Then you'll come up in silence. You'll receive the ashes on the top of your head, and then you'll you'll move along, whether it's part of a service or or a mass. Um, now, Father, there has been some reticence to oh, from some of the people, even in this room, who are a little <laughs> displeased with the fact that there are that we're changing that the norm has been changed in this regard. Well, so I, I, I won't say who's upset about it, but Mike, it's not you and it's not me. I'm not um, upset. I, all right, I'm you know, not upset. Uh, maybe I, a, a, a little um, anecdote about that just at the beginning because. I, I, I had the blessing to study in Rome for four years where they distribute ashes that way, but the American seminarians would receive ashes in the American way. So we would get these big, fat, ashy crosses on our forehead on Ash Wednesday morning, and then we'd go out to, to school, and, and we were the only ones in the city of Rome on Ash Wednesday like this. Wow. And and sometimes the Americans, if they didn't know beforehand, they would say, do, do Italians not go to Ash Wednesday? Do they not do this here? The Italians, if they didn't know our tradition, um, they would come right up to you and say, "You have dirt on your head." Yeah, um, and they they didn't know what what it was all about. So they do um, Italy, I think parts of France, Spain, parts of Latin America um, do the more I'm going to say the more traditional way, the the more biblical way, which is actually putting ashes on on the top of your head. Um, and and I love it when I saw that that when I when I found out years ago that this is how Italians did, I thought this is the way to do it, mm-hmm. because the gospel we read for the day it, it's um, I tried to pull up here go, this is what it says it says when you fast do not look gloomy like the hypocrites they neglect their appearance, and Jesus says anoint your head and wash your face and and here we are we're putting ash in our we're face not washing it <laughs> on Ash Wednesday like so we read that gospel on Ash Wednesday and then for years we you know we and I'm okay I get it. And, and I get that it's a sign, it's it's a humbling sign, but I think for some people, and I, I can't judge, um, but for some people, it becomes a little bit of a sign of pride. Yeah. You know, I got my ashes I judge. today. I'll yeah. judge for you. Don't worry. I'll, I'm here to judge. And that is what it is for yeah. a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people. And I'll tell you why, because in my position as a PR guy, 
Ash Wednesday is one of my favorite days of the year as a PR person because I see I, I get photographs. You I can find out I get I find Catholic. out who all the Catholics are. Yep. I, you know, and it's there's always news stories about it, and those news stories feature people with giant crosses on their head or smudges, depending on who the priest is that's distributing them that day. There's an entire meme about what you could tell about Different your priest, ashes. depending uh-huh. on your your cross style. Mm-hmm. We'll have to add one this year at the COVID <laughs> ashes. Blank. <Yeah. laughs> the sprinkling. Did you get a lot of sprinkles or a little sprinkles? Well, the thing. Okay, so that's the PR guy in me. My professional Mike yeah. loves the cross. Personal Mike has always hated the cross from uh, from time I was in high school, probably, and first realized that that passage was there because I always thought it, it flew in the face of it. Of, of I think it's Matthew, right? That you said that the, the Gospel of Matthew. I think I want to say it's the Gospel of Matthew, um, and. Um, and it, there was. I can confirm it's the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> okay, let's thank, just say 211 episodes. That's the first time I've ever quoted oh, semi accurately <laughs> quoted a, 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 a passage from the scriptures. Yeah. I have to say, I was always perplexed by it too. I would sit there, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So yeah. I, I'm no. in agreement with that. I, yep. I, I'm totally for all that now, humility. It, there's a lot of people. Some and I will say that the complaints I've gotten have been mostly from women. It, it wasn't so much about the fact. Well, there's a lot of complaints about people who are going to miss the cross, but there were a lot of people, predominantly from women, who really did not appreciate the fact that you know people were there was going to get ash yeah, placed in their that, hair. That but Mike, isn't isn't that the point? Is is you know I'm putting ash in my head to show that I'm not all that great. That, right. that like those put it on my hand or something. Like it's just a, it, the hair gets caught in all the hair. That's <laughs> okay. the part and, 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 I think so it's a logistical thing, and not a spiritual totally thing. Logistical. On the hair, and then as it's annoying during the day, we like no, we remember like that we're sinners hair, to dust then. will return. And you guys don't understand the whole thing the blow drying the hair, the straightening the hair. It's like it's a whole process. I hear you, trust me, I get it. I, so, I really do. I, you know, we're kind of okay. we're, we're kind of making light of it, but the truth of it, it is, there are people who genuinely are mm-hmm. going to be upset about it. And there yeah. are people genuinely who are upset about all the restrictions that have been put out in place in the last year. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen, but. It, but this is going to be the deal, and it is only for one year. Though I would, this was one of those things. I, I kind of hope it keeps going. Yeah, I hope this I is something wonder, that that yeah. stays. Um, so I am curious, you know, to to Carrie's point, as someone who has received uh, ashes in the hair. Um, was it annoying to have Ashley? Well, so I haven't, um, because oh, when I was living, oh, that's right. Because when I, no, no, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I apologize. I thought over the years you were there, you like one time actually got it in your hair. No, uh, um, okay. because we were living at the American Seminary. We would do it every year in in the American style, and then every year we were embarrassed as as the priest with dirt on our head. Yeah. That that that's what everyone thought. Um, well, we we have a, in the Diocese of Camden, just today, as a matter of fact, uh, we're recording this on the 8th of February, uh, we published a uh, video mm-hmm. all about explaining to the faithful about um, the fact that uh, this new rubric was going to be used. And in it, actually, at the very end, I think at the very end of the video, um, there's, there's a video of... Father Robert Hughes, the Vicar General of the Diocese, who happened, uh, along with Bishop and a few other members from the diocese, last year on Ash Wednesday, happened to be in Rome. So they gave out ashes in the appropriate uh, the, the I Vatican. I was wondering room. where that video was So that's was where that shot? video and that oh, actually was and it was shot by our good friend Donna Ottaviano Britt on her oh, cell phone, which is why nice. she cuts it off two seconds too soon because so you see the vicar general giving it to the bishop uh and then you see father gormley um i think uh comes up next and then after that is one of the cfr sisters and i got so annoyed because she uh 
Donna stopped recording right before the CFR sister was going. So my question was, how does she get it? How did, does she get it? Did, did she, it, did did it did she take the veil off? Veil? Did they put no, it on the veil? It's, it's just on the veil. It, uh, it, I don't well, think it stays on the veil. I'm going to wear a veil that day. So to keep oh, going ahead. Wear a veil. You can wear them in church, so I'm going to wear a veil. For for all the women who don't want ash in their their I'm hair, wear a um, veil. Wear okay. a veil. All right, solved. Moving on. Ash Wednesday. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks to when I was a kid and the, some of the older women would wear tissues in their hair if they yes. forgot their veil. Yeah, they just put it on. Uh, at any rate, okay. You know what? I'm perfectly. If you know what? If that's what you need to do, I'm. Listen, I'm not a theologian, nor am I, nor am I anything else. But if if a woman wants to wear a veil on her head to get ashes that year, fine, fine by me. I approve. Totally liturgically correct. Yeah. There you go. But I think I think overall, uh, it is for all of us. It'll be a great reminder to. The fact that that it's about me being right. a sinner, you know, it's, it's not about me. I, I've heard people say, you know, well, ashes are such a great public witness to the faith, but there's this times for that to publicly witness to the faith. And, and Lent is very much about turning away from sin, um, you know, and that's the the main symbolism of of that liturgical gesture yeah. that I'm a sinner. Um, and and I need to be reminded of that. So as the day goes on, I feel that ash in my hair. I can think about that. I can make that little sacrifice. I know sometimes you'll read about, like, in the past, they used to put, like, a little pebble in their shoe to remind them, you know, yeah. of, of a little sacrifice. And then it could be the little pebble in our shoe for, for a day. Yeah, I was just about to say, our parish usually gives out, like, a little Lenten cross or mm-hmm. something to keep in your pocket as yeah. a reminder. And I think those are good. They're, they're really good reminders. We need them throughout Lent. Kind of keep us going, too, and keep us on track. No, I, I agree with that. Lent, Lent has always been... Um... I, that's probably the Advent. I've, I've been terrible at following through the years in terms of because Christmas is around and there's so much focus on other yeah, things. And hard. even I, in, mm-hmm. as my role as a diocesan communicator, sometimes I have difficulty staying focused during Christmas. Though this past Christmas was probably the best I ever did because there was nothing to distract me, um, or Advent rather. Um, but Lent, I'm a, I've usually been pretty good about, not good about following my sacrifices, nor my prayers, nor anything else, but keeping Lent to the forefront of my mind and being sad in my own inabilities to follow it, um, that is something. And, and I think that's because, I, do you feel that there's a, a more of an inclination to focus on your spiritual well-being during Lent than almost any other time of year? I know it's intended yeah. to be like that, but it, it actually seems successful as, com- as compared to the other seasons. Yeah, I think um, I'm. I I like Lent. I like the season of Lent. I I like Stations of the Cross and most parishes beef up adoration and confessions and um, even uh, and this is you'd have to interview probably Father Hughes could be a good guest on this. That what the Roman tradition of the Station Churches, um, oh, yeah. which is really amazing that that I did when I was in Rome, that every day there was a, a particular church. You would make a little pilgrimage to. You would walk through the city to this, this ancient church for mass there. Um, and so it's, for me, it's a time to really, yeah, you focus on God and, and you're reminded of that pilgrimage through life um, to to heaven. Um, so I, I think a lot of people agree with what you said, Mike, mm-hmm. that you do focus on your spirituality a little more than. I'm, are, do you let people off the hook when they have a difficult time during Lent? Because it's like, like, I, like what? Well, for instance, like I'll do great for the first three days and then I sort of peter off as the, the following seven weeks uh, continue. It's, it's, 
I do find it difficult to, mm-hmm. to have that level of dedication. And and I, that's all on me. That has nothing to do with Lent. And I'm awed by the people who are able to maintain their their focus on their sacrifice and their focus on their prayer habits during Lent. Do, do you have any tips to help people sort of stay on track? Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm thinking this for myself, right? Like I, I need to do Lent too. Um, and I also... I love stuff that's like practical and follow through and all of that. Um, so I think, you know, you you had said, Mike, like, okay, I I've do my thing for three days. It's almost like a New Year's resolution. Like I'm going to go to a gym for a couple of weeks and, and you know, going from there. Um, I actually found out, I think like today, this Monday, the first Monday of February or something, second Monday, it's called like the most depressing day of the year because really? it's like it's at this point when it's like, People have realized they haven't done their New Year's resolutions <laughs> and they like, it's kind of dark out still. And yeah. um, so that's it's interesting. Yeah. It's more um, than 21 days. What's that? It's more than the, tw- than yeah. the 21 days. So I, I think if, if you're going to do something for Lent, um, you know, how, how am I going to pick what I'm going to do for Lent? And I would start, like I said before, look at Easter. Look where you want to be at Easter. Um, so I, I you know, I'll say a little bit about what I think I'm going to start doing for Lent. Working at a school, um, my mornings are hectic. Like I start, I wake up right now at six o'clock. We have 645 mass at the parish by 730. I'm at school down the road. I teach the first two periods. And sometimes like it's 10 o'clock in the morning before I have a, a quiet moment for me. And like, there's been times, I'm not very good at it, but there's been times when I'll wake up an hour earlier and I'll have time to pray in the morning mm-hmm. or I'll have time to just sit in silence and actually drink my coffee and, and read the Bible and pray my breviary as opposed to drinking my coffee while teaching a class, which is a little harder to do with, with a mask <laughs> on this year and, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Um, so like, I would love to do that. Um, so, okay, I want to, for me, what I want to do is I want to pray in the morning. Well, there's a lot more that goes into that than just setting an alarm early, right? Because if I just was going to set my alarm early, I'm going to do that for a couple, and, and I change nothing else. I, I do that for a couple days, and then I, I sleep through my alarm. I hit the snooze button too many times, so I need to look. You know, what am I doing the night before? And and it's going to affect my evening routine too. And I might have to give some things up. You know, maybe I'm going to give up watching YouTube after eight o'clock at night in order to start winding down. And I'll replace that with a book. And and I could find a book that's about God or just a book that I enjoy and is going to help me sleep or whatever. Um, so I think you have to really look at, at your whole life. You know, it's not just – if someone says, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent, um, and then they keep chocolate in their pantry – like they're not going to give up chocolate for Lent. Oh my gosh, you know? I do that all the time. I love it because then it makes me really want to miss it. Like I, it, it's my motivating factor. Well, <laughs> so, so, so Carrie, you are a superhero odd, and you like, can do that, but most people I, can't, right? I mean, right? of course, like, there's other people in my household too, so it kind of yeah. has to be there. But I'm like, yes, this is why I gave you up. <laughs> like yeah. it hurts. It's a sacrifice, but but, I but get not it. everyone has that willpower, yeah, right? Temptation. And so if someone says, "Well, I'm going to for Lent." Let's say I'm going to pray the rosary for Lent. Mm-hmm. I think before Ash Wednesday, and this is going to come out on the Monday before Ash Wednesday, so there's some time to, to think about this. I actually say, I'm not just going to say I'm going to pray the rosary every day during Lent, but say I'm going to pray the rosary at this time on my mm-hmm. commute to work. Okay, I am going to, as a reminder to myself, maybe put my rosary 
like right in my center console. So it's easy for me to, and, and all of these things to remember to do that. Um, you know, it's, some of it is just very simple that the same things that like, you know, uh, an athlete's going to do to, to get to a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, you can, Tom Brady lives a crazy life. Um, and he follows all of these weird routines and habits. If he can do that about his physical well-being to get to a Super Bowl and and be you know Super Bowl champion, um, like that's what Seven Catholics, times. yeah, that's that's what Catholics should be doing though to yeah. to be to get to heaven to a saint, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I need to be looking at my life and saying what are what are the the things I'm doing um, that's keeping me from God. Uh, we call those, if they're habitual, we call them a vice. You know, mm-hmm. you want to get rid of vices. You want to replace them with virtues. Those are good habits and build them up. And you do that by just doing it again and again. Um, and do something practical. You know, some people take on, I think, way too much. And they say, well, you know, just I, I, I'm going to exaggerate on this, but they'll say, like, I'm going to pray all four sets of, of mysteries of the rosary every mm-hmm. day during Lent. It's like, dude, you don't even pray the Hail Mary every day right now. Like, yeah. you know, let's be let's realistic. start maybe with one decade of the rosary and then add on. So, so be realistic, start start practical. But God would rather us have would rather us do something every day that's small and do it with great love than sporadically do these kind of big things. I I agree completely. For years, for I mean for 10 years probably. I've in the past, I just recently stopped I think last year. I would always attempt to do uh, the breviary every mm-hmm. single day. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, no, it wasn't because <laughs> it was. I mean, it was a great idea and yeah, noble. It's a good idea. But it was awful because I mean as listen, listeners, if I know most of you don't like me to begin with, that's okay. I've come to accept this. <laughs> I am like not Mike. I I'm being humble. God loves you, Mike. God loves me at least. The um I uh I have a terrible prayer life. So I how can someone who prays so infrequently as me hope to be able to do the breviary, which is five prayer sessions mm-hmm. every single like day? Morning prayers. Well that well, exactly so that yeah. was what yeah. that I forget I think it was maybe Father Goyette, Father Michael Goyette, who we had on a while ago. I think he Just made the recommendation. Yeah, no, no, but this was a conversation we had uh, before that. Oh, I think okay. it was he who suggested to me, just do morning prayer. Don't mm-hmm. worry about the other five. Mm-hmm. Just just get into the habit of it. And he was absolutely right. I actually made it four days doing that. Wow. <laughs> so Yay. but so what we found was, okay, maybe I need to put the breviary, breviary aside. Maybe that's not the prayer life that's going to work for me. And, and a lot of that, I mean, you've talked about this m- many times during the conversation today, is sort of... It's it's a very individual practice. Mm-hmm. You have to find something that's going to work for you, whether it's working for your setup. I will never do any of my Lenten sacrifices at six a.m. because, much like other, I'm not I'm a night owl, mm-hmm. but I could definitely do my Lenten sacrifices in the evening if, if prayer life yeah. is important to me. That's why some gyms are open twenty four seven, right? Like exactly. Yeah, this is you know, true. you're absolutely right. So you know, whenever we have the podcast, I, I often think to myself that. You know, the, the people who are listening to this are going to be people like myself who are, you know, 
low-grade Catholics, you know, in terms of our commitment to our faith. <laughs> that sounds so bad anyone. coming I'm not, out. De- I'm not denigrating Let's anybody. say average Catholics. Okay. Like most of us. Uh, no, I would say that a person like myself would be a, a below-average Catholic. Wow. I, I admit to that. I really do. Because uh, I know, because the problem is I'm around, I'm surrounded by superstar Catholics constantly, which drives me up a wall because, you know, they, they'll tell me about the stuff that they've read or the stuff that they've done or the pilgrimages they've gone on or the retreats they've been to. And I'm sitting here going, man, I don't have time for any of that. I, I have to go write a press release and go you know what, do a Mike, live your stream. Your whole life is like a prayer in a way because you're in service to the Lord Well, that's the church. one like, of the things I realized. It really is. That, is. And I, I actually... Well, you do. You too. But you, you're you as in service as I am and yet you have a fantastic prayer I, life. I, I'm working on that for Lent. You want really? to confession? Work, yep. I'm working, working on, on my prayer, prayer life? life for Lent. I have to get it back in order. Quarantine? Threw my whole schedule off, and it still hasn't gotten back on really? kilt, if that makes sense. So it's that just, does. yeah, so I'm, I, it's actually now one year later, I'm working on my prayer life. Well, okay, so that was the other thing I was going to say. So oftentimes I think of the listeners, I think of myself as that there are people like me that are out there. But the yeah. truth of the matter is we have a lot of actually hardcore Catholics that listen to us, people who I would consider st- superstar Catholics. I like that title, superstar. You, you Well, yes. Or, or it's some people would also call <laughs> it's a, it it's a golden nice child Catholics. No, um, no. I like a superstar. <laughs> hardcore works. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, you know, for people who already have a really good prayer life, for people who are doing all of those things, I mean, what, what can those people do? To, I mean, do they do more? Do they do something different? Yeah. Like you can always... I mean, none of us are perfect, uh, so you can always do more. Um, And I think for the superstars, which I myself am not, right? Um, I mean, those people can intensify what they're already doing. Um, They can, so, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot, but they could do it with more love or they could Mm. do it with more kind of fervor for God. And so sometimes you read in the saints about like, okay, I'm already praying a lot, but like now I actually want to stir up that like, you know, as I'm doing this, I'm not just doing it because it's my routine, but because like I actually love you, God, (laughs) and and I I want to do it out of love for that. Um, So I think, you know, for some of those people to start looking at motives of, of why do I do this? Do I really show God um, that I love him in this, um, or am I just doing it because it's, you know, what I was raised in. And, and every once in a while you do meet someone who, who does all of this and, and it's very hollow. Not that any of our listeners would be that way, but every once in a while you mm-hmm. you, you meet that. Um, I, I think you could do that. Sometimes it might be changing it up a little bit. Maybe, maybe you know, it's okay, this has kind of become a little routine or a little bland or... Um, there's this book I want to read or I've never, you know, I, I spend a lot of time maybe with the Blessed Mother, but not a lot of time with the Scripture. And I want to read the Scripture mm-hmm. or maybe vice versa. I spend a lot of time with the Scripture. My relationship with Mary is lacking and I'm going to pick up the rosary during Lent. Um, and so all of us can, can do better, uh, you know, constantly with that. Yeah. Or for that matter, you know, you kind of maybe hit on something, Carrie. Um, like, okay, so you referred to me as like sort of a service Catholic. Uh, or serviceable Catholic, maybe no service Catholic. Um, so maybe people, if you if you're a prayerful Catholic, maybe you need to find some service projects mm-hmm. and put, nice. and put and your and faith that giving in giving alms. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly, giving alms. Whether that cha- that charity is in terms of cash or 
charity in terms of time and mm-hmm. effort, um, doing something outside of the norm. In my case, I'm always service oriented, so I need to focus on mm-hmm. my prayer life a mm-hmm. little bit yeah. more. Maybe there's a book I can read on saints or that something. That rosary like that. ring you talked about in the rosary episode. Oh, I, I have that with me. I also have my Irish one Irish decade ones. ring uh, mm-hmm. still there. And I found, actually, I found my Knights of Columbus. Uh, um, rosary in my pocket recently. There I was like, it's a good place for it to be. Yeah. In your yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think wrapped around your hand might even be better, but right. I was happy that it was nearby. The, um, but you know, in my, also I was recently given a, um, a book about, um, cocktails with saints, all Ooh. about the, the appropriate cocktail. So to, interesting. It is actually, it was given to me as an idea for a YouTube channel, uh, which was literally, and it is an incredible book. And it's all of these different cocktails that you can make, but on the on the facing page is all about the saint and like like a very detailed explanation. I mean, lots of words um, <laughs> as to the history of the saint and why that cocktail would be kind of appropriate for that saint. I can't give you an, uh, an example off the top of my head, but uh, it actually was fascinating. I just read, read through a few chapters of it or a few pages of it, but it really is fascinating. And I'm hmm. seriously thinking about, actually, I was thinking we, a lot of retired priests live in the diocese and I thought that would be a good option to, we have, so we have a retirement community of, of, mm-hmm. of retired priests and they happen to have a fairly well-stocked bar there. And I was thinking that we could actually do that with retired priests. I think they get a kick out of it. So we'd even, and our good friend of the podcast, uh, John Kalitz, is a, uh, was a bartender by trade. Oh, so I could have him be the bartender and we could talk about like a saint while we're, while, we're drinking a, while we're drinking a cocktail. I think that'd be great. Oh, that'd be really good. Yeah. That would be fun. Can I come to that? Yes, you may come to that one. If the, pre, if the retired priests are up for it, yes. That's good. So, yeah. wow. So we didn't even get really past Ash Wednesday, but there's like 40 days of Lent. Are we going into the Triduum or are we going to save that? No, no. Triduum's a different time. I always save that for Lent. That's a different liturgical season. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true. Lent, Lent actually ends goes, once uh, Holy Thursday true. Mass begins. Yep, that is Wait, do our Lenten sacrifices end? Wait. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I know that somebody was going to ask. I, I, I get asked Sunday. every year when I teach when I teach the, the which is the I think I think that's a, a perfect thing of like this isn't you know it, it's what it's about. It's not like mm-hmm. how much I can get away with. Um, and I think if someone go let, let me say this to our listeners: if you're going into Lent with the mentality of like when do I where are the loopholes? When do I get to have my chocolate again? Um, you're not going to have a good Lent. Yeah. But if you go into Lent looking at the goal and saying I'm giving up chocolate because I love Jesus more, you're going to have an excellent Lent. Uh, I think that's true. it. That's a no, brilliant way of thinking about it. Um, can I just say this though about a fun loophole that we get this year? <laughs> Uh, on Lent, Saint Joseph, the Saint Joseph's yes. Day, um, <laughs> because there are two solemnities that take place during Lent. Solemnity is the highest, highest level of a feast day you can have in the church. It's the Solemnity of Saint Joseph on March nineteenth, and the Solemnity of the Annunciation on March twenty fifth. Those days, we don't sing the Alleluia uh, because it still is Lent, but we do sing the Gloria, and we have the Gloria back. And you actually, if those days ever fall on a Friday, free pass. Uh, someone's going to have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm 99% sure I'm right. Um, I don't want to say authoritatively and then find out that I'm wrong. But if you, have if those days everybody. fall on a Friday, you are not bound by the canon law obligation of abstinence, which is not eating meat on mm-hmm. Fridays. Mm-hmm. I will give the other loophole to that, which is something that um, I've heard many a bishop and a couple of priests talk about from time to time. You can break your Friday fast abstinence anytime you want, so long as you do something else to replace it 
prior to the time that you break the fast. So famously, mm. anytime St. Patrick's Day falls on a Friday, right. people are always asking the bishop about it. To, to, to offer a dispensation. Mm-hmm. And there are some bishops, I won't say Abwars is one of them, who get really annoyed with with uh some Catholics who get very irate about this because they say, well, well it's it's St. Patrick's Day and we should be able to have our ham and cabbage. So you need to issue a dispensation. And the response now, our bishop has always offered a dispensation, um, whether or not he wanted to or not. He always offered it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true. He always, he's very good about that stuff, being a good Irishman as he is. Um, it's his birthday. And it's his birthday as well. <laughs> it's his birthday. <laughs> but, but, but because he's Irish and because it's his birthday, he actually makes a point not to make anything special about it. So when he does these things, it isn't for himself. It's really for for the mental well-being of, of those who, fought, who celebrate mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. But his thing has always been or not necessarily him, but others as well. Um, listen, you can break your fast anytime you want, or you can break, you know, you can break, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Giving up meat. Abstinence? Yeah. yeah, on Friday, so long as you replace it with something else prior to that. So, like, if you're going to have meat on Friday, then you do not have meat on Thursday. Or mm-hmm. if you're going to have meat on Friday, then you're going to do something else spiritual to replace that thing, which I think makes perfect sense. It's, it's more of a yeah. transaction than anything. Uh, and I think it, it, um, it that really gets back to to the point I had made is, is it's not about what's the bare minimum. What do I have to do? You know, I, I think... Catholics were so good about this to think like, okay, if I don't if I don't do this, I'm going to go to hell, and I'm only doing it because I don't want to go to hell. Um, but it's like, well, why am I doing this? Is because I love Jesus, and because Jesus gave His life for me. And Friday is a day of penance mm-hmm. uh, throughout the whole year because we recall Good Friday. Sunday is a day of feasting throughout the whole year because we recall the resurrection. And yet, I I do that, you know. Depending on my circumstances, my state of life, Lent, Lent is not going to look the same for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, Lent would look, if, if I try to do the Lent that a Carthusian monk tries to do, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will die. Um, um, you know, I would die. I wouldn't get enough nutrients and, <laughs> and I would die. Um, so I'm going to do my Lent. And, and Mike, you do your Lent with your cocktails and saints. and. No, I like I like this. That's my lens. All right, whatever. <laughs> the God doesn't say. I think it's important too about bouncing things off of your spiritual director too, because they know you well. If you have one, I know mm-hmm. we've mentioned spiritual directors a lot on here, but if you have one, bounce it off of them. See if they think it's good for you or right fit for you. And, or even and just if you like don't have one, you know. someone you know, yeah, right? But, like your spouse can tell mm-hmm. you if. Oh no, I'm not bouncing. Uh, uh, well, so, but but and and I'm not going to talk about anyone's spouse this year, but but your spouse. Should be able to tell you, like, no, don't do that. You're going to be a miserable person and make everyone else's life miserable. And if that's the <laughs> okay, case, okay, I'm then... clipping that part out and sending it to my wife. It's true, but, though. But it, it's and true. if that's the case, then don't yeah. do that yeah. because yeah. that's not what Lent, Lent is not about being miserable. No. Lent is about the resurrection of the Lord and, and getting ready for that. Um, no one's, you know, wants to be around the person like before a party who's miserable. Um, no one wants to be around them. You want to be a person excited about having a party. So you know? Easter's the party. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, go. that's that's true. You know, which got me to thinking. So you were talking about how, um, you know, uh, depending on how you decided to restrict yourself during Lent, you talked about food. That reminds me. 
I want to do something, Carrie, and, and I think I want you to be a part of it, maybe a few other of our Talking Catholic hosts, and I'm sure Father Neville would probably uh, volunteer for this as well. I'm nervous. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to. So What's being told? My, one of my favorite things, in addition to the cross, uh, the, the Ash Cross as a PR guy, the other thing that I always enjoy about Lent is every fast food joint starts promoting all of their fish, fish. sandwiches, <laughs> which shows you the power of Christian faith that during mm-hmm. Lent, every fast food joint has their own fish sandwich, right? Because there's a market for that. Because like anybody else, Catholics want to eat fast food on mm. a Friday and it kills They're them. Like, no. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to have a fish sandwich tasting um, during like a competition to find out oh, where boy. the best tasting fish, uh, fast food fish sandwich is. Well, um, I'm out because unless they come on a gluten free bun, <laughs> I well, can't. Yeah, take so it. we'll figure out some way around Although, that for the. If Chick Fil A offers one, they do have a gluten free. They, they do have one. Okay, they I'm in. I'm, I'm the Chick Fil A tester. Okay, then we will uh, we will figure something. Well, that would be fun. Uh, that's what I thought. So that'd right? be a good like just live event. Like all right, I, here if, we you are. Want, if you guys. I'll do it as a Facebook Live. That'll be I fine. That'll be fun. But uh, yes, I think we need oh, to. Uh, I was actually thinking about doing it last year, and then the all the everything hit. Everything hit. Yeah. So we couldn't do it. So I'd seen another entity who did it, and the way they did it was so wrong. Like I found so many. Like their methodology was so terrible. Mm. I was like, oh no, this is the, I, time I, to do it better. It needs to be done properly, and I will be the, the one. Catholic to, version. That's of. right. The proper way of doing it. It was done by Jesuits. So it, was, it wasn't done correctly. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'll be silent. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Hey, I went to a Jesuit college. I consider myself Jesuitish. Um, the uh, but yeah, we're going to do that. So if, so Father Neville, would you be interested in being a judge on that? That sounds great. I figured you'd be up for that, Carrie. Maybe you can be the camera person for that one yeah, right. <laughs> since you're gluten free I know because if it's breaded then I'm out too yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking that and the roles are important so yeah, I mean I can be to... the host okay you'll be the, host. the host there you go yeah, she's a good host we'll let her be the host there you go, there you go. Um, but anyway so we just have like a, another minute and a half of the of the podcast but uh, any final thoughts about Lent as we sort no, of wrap we up we were talking about the fish I thought you were going to say what people's favorite non yeah. fish meal was that's what I thought you were going for oh that's easy ever since uh, McDonald's or not meat meal I should say ever since McDonald's came up with their all day breakfast the egg McMuffin has saved me because I actually ah, hate fish sandwiches there you go so you get an egg McMuffin you literally you throw the ham out the window and that is my way of being able to eat fast food during Fridays and Lent hmm. not that that's solid. a good thing but that's, that's what you know I I um, if you ever get the the rice bowls from CRS, they come with this little thing about meatless meals, and they kind of have this challenge mm-hmm. to like eat. Uh, and, and a lot of those meals are from places where the the rice bowl money then ends up uh, in Africa or Asia or different places. And they'll say, "Look, cook this meal and and like be in solidarity with them." There's a lot of good meatless options out oh, there, yeah. and it's kind of, you know, it's it's it could be a fun time to like kind of explore that. Um, when we were I agree. at the seminary, we used to have grilled cheese Friday on Fridays of Lent. Um, That's decent. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Carrie, any suggestions? I'm a, I'm a pasta person or peanut butter. <laughs> Those are mine too. Those will always work. That yes. is good. Well, thank you both for doing this. Thank you, Carrie, for hosting us and sending us up. Welcome. And Father Nevitt, thank you for Thanks. being a part of it. This was great. And to our listeners, thank you very much for being a part of this as well. Have a great Lent. I, uh, I hope you will all stay true to your Lenten sacrifices. And if you don't, just remember, that just means you're like me. At any rate, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. God bless. <laughs>